Hey everyone, welcome to another Devo with Patrick and Jamie. Today we get to talk about Psalm 122. Yeah, there we go. On Sundays we go over the Psalms. Psalm 122. It's it's not very long. It's only nine verses. I know, and that's kind of nice because that means we can like get through the whole thing uh, without having to uh, you know take forever. Without make having to give you the listener homework. That's right. <laughs> we gave homework last time, and you know if you did your homework, I want to give you an A, Patrick. Do you feel like the people who are listening right now did their homework? I know for a fact that one person told me that it was funny that we tried to give them homework. <laughs> so I don't know. That sounds I don't know like if they didn't did do homework. it, though. I don't that know. doesn't sound like they did it. I don't know if they did it. I don't know. I'm not sure. When I was a kid, uh, I remember doing homework, and the teacher would give you a check, a check plus, or a check minus. What does that mean? I See, I never really knew. I thought, well, maybe a check plus, that sounds like an A plus. A check just sounds like you did it. Uh, and a check minus is kind of like, I guess you turned something in. <laughs> so I don't like, I'm not really exactly sure what it meant, but I just know that a check plus I think was good and a check was fine. Check minus, a little sketchy. I think that person who talked to you probably gets a check. Okay. Maybe a check minus. <laughs> okay. Got it. Enough about grading. We love all you listeners, so we're not going to... We give you an A for listening. How about that? Everyone that listens gets an A. So, I'll, I'll go with a check plus. Okay. There we go. Psalm 122, nine verses, all nine. It says this. I rejoiced with those who said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Our feet are standing in your gates, Jerusalem. Jerusalem is built like a city that is closely compacted together. That is where the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord, to praise the name of the Lord, according to the statute given to Israel. There stand the thrones for judgment, the thrones of the house of David. Pray for peace of Jerusalem. May those who love you be secure. May there be peace within your walls and security within your cit citadels. For the sake of my family and friends, I will say, peace be within you. For the sake of the house of the Lord, our God, I will seek your prosperity. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. <clears throat> Normally, our listeners know that we come to this wonderful Devo completely and unabashedly unprepared. <laughs> we don't like do our homework on the passage we don't uh, study the, the languages of it. We don't read books about it. We don't come into it uh, with a bunch of preconceived ideas. In fact, most of the time, only one of us knows what we're going to talk about, and the other one just kind of deals with it. So um, it, it's not one of those uh, shows where we're giving you like all of the expert wisdom. We're just doing this like normal people would approach scripture. You'll read it, and then you'll try to figure it out. And so Google is one of our really good friends uh, where we just Google things. And um, I enjoy just kind of asking questions of scripture and Googling, looking for answers, see, seeing if I can find some. But I have to make a confession. I did preach on this passage uh, yesterday. I recorded the, the sermon for it. So I've kind of already done a lot of homework on it, which I feel like is kind of like maybe not fair. <laughs> I think that's fine. I don't. I don't know why. It's, it's I don't know why that's unfair. Who's it unfair well, to? I, I don't know. I feel. I feel like we're. It, maybe it's unfair to the, uh, to the format of this podcast. 
Well, okay. So let's, let's make it fair then. I'm going to ask you a question. You've done a lot of studying on this passage. Like you said, what is one thing about this passage that you read that you, you want everyone to know that you're just dying to tell someone? Oh man. Well, you know, you can always go to our church website and watch the sermon and get the whole thing. You know, I, I don't know if in reading this, there's anything that was like crazy, aha, didn't know it kind of stuff, but there are some really good um, reminders in it. And the first reminder begins with the first verse. And uh, it's it says, I rejoiced with those who said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. And I just thought about that. How many people like rejoice when someone invites them to church? Like they're like, yes, let's go to church. Like your heart leaps within you. You're like, I've wa- I want nothing more than to go to church right now. Now, you know, I, I'm just going to be honest. When I get, uh, when it's Sunday morning and I, I wake up and, and I'm getting ready to like watch church and the, I see the clock, it's about 10. That's when they broadcast our, uh, our church services. Um, it's fun to go and check out church, but like I'm not usually coming into it with like crazy amounts of joy. Like, yes, let's log in and watch church. You know, I don't necessarily have that, that kind of joyful reaction to it. So one thing that was really helpful when, when looking at this passage is remembering that when we get to worship God, it's a joy. It's not like a burden. It's not like, like something we have to carry around with us, like a weight. Uh, it's a joy. Yeah. Something else that I found that I think is kind of cool is Eugene Peterson. He's the guy who wrote the message. He uh, passed away, I think, last year or the year before. Um, But just a faithful guy. He was a pastor of a small church, but really the majority of his work that he was doing was translating um, the entire Bible into sort of his own kind of common speech, uh, which is cool. It's like a cool project to do because he just wanted people to understand Scripture. And so what he said, and I thought this is kind of cool, he decided he was going to summarize Psalm 122. And you know how he said it? This is great, Pat. He said, Psalm 122 is the song of a person who decides to go to church and worship God. Boom. <laughs> That's it. It's not, it's not like some kind of really difficult riddle to solve. It's like this basic, like, yeah, this is someone who decides to go to church and worship God. You know, when you said like being excited about being invited to church, I don't know if I've ever invited someone to go to church that, was like a regular attender of church. It's like, I I find myself always inviting people to go to church that maybe have never gone to church or inviting people to go to the worship church, worship service or church that I go to knowing that they go somewhere else. I've never, I've never like actively invited someone to go to church with me knowing that they already go to the same church as me. So I don't know if I've ever experienced the rejoicing of, you know, going to church together with someone that I invited in that way. So this is like a Psalm of Ascent. And so it's not going to church like every week going to church. This was like one of the three times of the year where you would go to Jerusalem, the big main city, uh, to to do like special services. These were like festivals, lots of eating was involved, lots of like family and friends, lots of celebrating, lots of giving out of the abundance that God had given you, like all that kind of stuff was happening during this time. So 
maybe a better way to say it or to think about it, it's like, have you ever invited someone to like a special Easter service or oh, a special yeah. Christmas service? Yeah. Yeah. Every year I invite people. Yeah. And, and there's kind of like an extra sense of joy. It's like, yeah, this is like the really, like we do, our church uh, does a Christmas concerts usually um, before Christmas with very special music, uh, with a lot of like hired professional musicians will come in and, and do, uh, some, some neat music and our own people will be in there doing their best. They give their best for it. And it's a joy. It's a joy to be able to experience all of that, that worship together. Yeah. Oh, it definitely is. And it's special to, you know, invite someone to go to it with you and they attend with you. That's also special. So we covered verse ones and two verses one and two. What about yeah, verse, and verse three? two, by the way, it says our feet are standing in your gates, Jerusalem. So we're talking about a specific city, right? It's Jerusalem. It was the place of worship. It was like, you know, the, the capital of, uh, of the tribes of Israel really, um, at a certain time, not for a ton of, of time. Uh, but they're in Jerusalem they're, He's in this city. And I think verse two, the, the part that's kind of good to note is like, he's arrived. He's not on his way there. He's made it there. Right. He's already there. Yeah. And that, that's kind of unique in a lot of the, uh, the Psalms of ascent. It's the Psalms that there are songs that people would sing as they were going up to church, not necessarily the songs they would sing once they arrived, but this is more of the, once you arrive kind of a song. Right. Yeah. Very cool. So verse three talks about Jerusalem a little bit. Jerusalem is built like a city that is closely compacted together. Yeah. High density housing. Downtown LA. Yeah. How dense is your housing where you live? I don't, I don't know. Like what, I don't know how to measure that. What does that mean? Well, like just, I mean, people don't know. They don't know. Like, do you live out on a farm with like 40 acres around you? Do you live in like a high rise apartment building in the middle of a giant city? Like, all right. So I live in a, a 13 unit apartment building. Okay. And it's shaped like a horseshoe. Uh, okay. And there's, you know, apartments on all sides, two floors. So all there's right. someone, we live in the middle. I live in the middle. And so there's someone on each side of me and above me because we're on the bottom. All right. So that's like, you know, fairly dense for being in kind of a suburb area, but yeah. pretty typical for being kind of close to the, the beach. Yep. Um, and I live in like very similar kind of a thing. It's like a condo that has, I think there's 10, 10 units per building and we have like 10 buildings. So there's a uh, hundred, I think a hundred different units over a few acres. Um, but yeah, not like super, super spacious, pretty close together. And so I think verse three is saying like, Hey, Jerusalem is built like a city that's closely compacted together. I think another sense of this, when you dig into it, it's, it's planned out. Jerusalem is a, is a city that's planned out. And if you think like back in the day, most of these people would be living in like small places with lots of property. Mm-hmm. So they would be living on like farms and there would be maybe like a central building or structure and, uh, and then you'd have kind of farmland around it. You might have a wall around your property to keep out animals, uh, or people, um, and you were in charge, like if you lived out in, in the uh, rural areas, you were in charge of your own security. You were in charge of your own uh, safety. You were in charge of, you know, keeping animals away. Like all that was on you. you there was, you didn't like call the police. 
Hmm. Um, that's on you. And so families would live together and they would live, they would stay together for a pretty long amount of time because it took all of those people to be able to take care of each other. Now we have Jerusalem. It's an actual city. Jerusalem is, uh, up on top of kind of a plateau. Uh And so when you go to Jerusalem, you have to go through a valley and go up to Jerusalem. And on top of it, there's only so much space that you can have up there. So it's pretty compacted. There's a lot of buildings that are, that are there, a lot of buildings that are in it. And also Jerusalem from this era, they've been doing a lot of like archeological work. In fact, some people would say that Jerusalem may be the most studied city, archeologically speaking, because the way that it was, it was built is, is once you were done with like a certain spot, you just built on top of it. So there's a wow. lot of excavation. Yeah, there's a lot of excavation that can happen. And you can learn a lot about the city by kind of going into the layers of it. Um, but at the same time, a lot of Jerusalem is considered, you know, holy and sacred ground, not just to Christians, not just to, to uh, the people of Israel, to the Jewish people, but also to the people uh, of Islam, the Muslim uh, religion. And so... Because of that, you can't just go digging wherever you want to. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's not really like an open uh, thing. So they still are doing a lot of work of excavation and figuring this out. And they haven't really found a whole lot of of, uh, of the House of David, as we're, we're getting into. But they have found a whole bunch. So there's still a lot of mystery out there about it. Wow. Cool. I'm like kind of excited that you did a lot of extra research on this because I know, I know <laughs> I don't have time to do that for every one of these devos, but, uh, but yeah, it's kind of cool. You can look that up like the excavation of Jerusalem and, and there's all sorts of stuff on it. Pretty neat, neat stuff. Yeah. And verse four, I think that verse four is pretty neat. I like it. That is where it says this, that is where the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord to praise the name of the Lord, according to the statute given to Israel, the tribes of the Lord. That sounds like a really cool youth group name. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the tribes of the Lord. Yeah, it's cool. I mean, this is a cool idea, right? So you have the, the 12 tribes of Israel who are all the sons of Israel, uh, who all became um, different tribes and different groups of the people of Israel. And they didn't really do, I mean, kind of like, I don't know if, if if you think about siblings not getting along, they didn't always get along. And so to have them all come together and agree on something is pretty rare. Um, in fact, really, it was only under King David that that ever happened. Very hard for that to kind of work where everyone was really getting along you know, peace, they're all together. Uh, and so King David is known as the king who kind of like unified Israel. Um, and it didn't really necessarily stay super unified because King David's sons, again, this is, you know, family, didn't necessarily get together or didn't necessarily uh, play nicely with David. Um, and then under King Solomon, you have kind of this big reign of peace, which was which was pretty cool. But so here we have we have the tribes coming together and they're coming together and there's diversity in it, which I think is kind of cool too, right? It's not just one people group. It's, it's these 12 tribes of the people group. And it says, according to the statutes of, uh, given to Israel, the statutes given to Israel, um, in the book of Deuteronomy actually say that they should go up and it does say that they should bring kind of everyone. Like if you, back then people had slaves, 
uh, people had slaves sometimes for a short amount of time, sometimes for a longer period of time. You could, you could sell yourself into slavery. Like that was legal. Like if you couldn't, you know, pay your debt, you could be like, Hey, uh, can't pay my debt, but I'll be your slave for like a year and, and then it will be good. Um, so people could do that, uh, which is kind of a crazy idea, but, and, and people had, um, folks living with them that were family. They had folks living with in their households that were foreigners. And so it actually said when it was time to go up to Jerusalem, it said, bring everyone. Yeah. The foreigners, the slaves, uh, you know, all the people bring them all. This is, this is like kind of a thing that's for everyone. Yeah. Um, which is, which is cool. I think that's like kind of cool that it's inclusive and that there's a lot of diversity in it. Verse five says, there stands the thrones for judgment, the thrones of the house of David. So this is more about the, the tribes, the 12 tribes again. Yeah. Well, yeah, the, the, it's a little, it's a little unique. Like, why is it thrones? Like, why are there more than one throne? Uh, and the thrones there are for judgment and they're the thrones of the house of David. So, so the house of David was established, like Israel having a king was established with David's, uh, predecessor Saul, but Saul didn't really do a good job. Uh, Saul at times did a good job and then at times didn't. And David ended up um, really bringing all the tribes together. So Israel didn't have a good sense of justice until David. And he even screwed that up. His son, King Solomon, you know, you think about having wisdom. King Solomon was famous for having wisdom and giving good judgment. And so like back in the day, like now, like if you had, let's say you had a dispute with a neighbor or let's say you went and you bought a car from someone and they sold you a car that was like completely falling apart and uh, they said it was new and it wasn't new. And like, what would you do? You know, like you might have to take them to court. And so you go to court and then there might be a judge there and then they would give a judgment and they would say, okay, here's how we're going to make this right. Mm-hmm. Well, back then, uh, the way that that would work a lot of the times is you would have to go to the king for judgment. Kings are busy people. They can't mm-hmm. always, you know, hear every single person's dispute. And so um, this was actually after, I think it was after King David, where um, they got other people to be able to give judgment. In fact, King mm-hmm. David's son Absalom kind of rose to power by sitting at the gates and giving out judgments. And people are like, cool, this guy can give out judgments and it's at the gates and he's like doing this pretty quick and seems fair. Like, let's like, this guy is good. We like this guy. The cities and even the gates of cities were a place of judgment. Wow. And so people like that. Like we think of judgment a lot of times as like negative, like don't judge me. Yeah. But judgment actually is a really good thing because there's times where we need to have like solid judgment. Interesting. Learn something new. So yeah, for, I know, man. There's a lot in here. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Verse six, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May those who love you be secure. This is like a command in the middle of a song. Anytime I am commanded to pray, it's always like good to abide by that. There's always yeah. time to pray. So praying for peace as well is always something good to do as well. And this is kind of like what I focused on and what I focus on in this Psalm 122, right? It's a guy who goes to church, kind of like Eugene Peterson says. And in that he realizes that the city in which his church is, which is Jerusalem is important. Hmm. 
uh, you know, a lot of times churches feel like they're different than the city that they're in or they're separate or they're better or they're holier or they're, they live by a different set of rules. But if you have a church and it's in a city, you have to follow the rules of the city. You have to follow the rules and standards of, of the city you're in. And actually you want things to go well for the city you're in, because if it goes well for the city, then it'll go well for you. And if it goes bad for the city, it might start to go bad. It might start to go bad for you too. It could go real bad for you. So, um, you know, I've heard of, of cities that, that start to kind of explode the population in a good way. I mean, the population will explode. There'll be more jobs. Things will start to like go better. And the churches, things will start to go better in the churches too sometimes. Yeah. Because there's more people. People want to go to church. People want to get together. What, uh, what the psalmist here is saying is like, hey, pray for Jerusalem to have this peace. Right. Um, and peace for them, there's this idea of shalom peace. And that can mean a lot of things. It's one of those words that's like pretty big. Right. So it can be prosperity. It can be a peace that kind of, if you think about it, like a peace that just kind of settles in, stays there. Uh, shalom it can be like physical safety and peace. Yeah. And so we see here that, you know, the, the mandate is to pray for the peace of Jerusalem that it would be secure. Verse seven, may there be peace within your walls and security within your citadels. Jerusalem was known and probably why it was, why David was like so into it and he conquered it was that it was a really hard city to conquer because it had these steep walls. And so in order to conquer it, you kind of had to like climb up it or get up to it and then conquer it. Uh, and so if you were kind of already on the top and you've already built, you know, your citadels, your steep walls, you, uh, you, you, it would take a lot for you to be able to, uh, to have to leave. Right. And it had a really good water supply. And so like, if you have a good water supply and you have some food saved, like you could stay there for a long time and wait for those enemies at the bottom, you know, to, to just leave, um, if they're trying to take over the city. So they're praying that there would be peace, that Jerusalem wouldn't be, um, conquered. Right. Now, do you know if Jerusalem had a moat? Because they had a good water supply. <laughs> you know, it had a big <laughs> moat. It had a big <laughs> enough water supply. When I was reading on this, I forgot the amount of gallons per day that it came up with. But it was like, I think it was close to a quarter million gallons a day of water. Whoa. That one Whoa. of the springs produced. So, wow. yeah, 250,000 gallons of water every day, which can support... A, a good number of people. And that, you know, that was just one of the, of the springs, but I don't think, I mean, there were some pools, uh, that were there. I don't know of any like moat because they were so highly elevated. Oh. They didn't need to have like a moat around the bottom. So verse eight, for the sake of my family and friends, I will say peace be within you. Now the, the peace be within you is a, a pretty popular church, ter- church term, there's some worship services where you turn to your neighbors and say, peace be within you or peace be with you. Yeah. And it's interesting. The psalmist says for the sake of my family and friends. So yeah. he's looking out for a lot of people there, family and friends. It's kind of a cool idea that, you know, he's praying for peace for Jerusalem, but it's not just for himself, right? It's not yeah. for the sake of me, you know, it's for the sake of the family and friends. Like yeah. I'm praying this for other people. And it, it starts out, you know, the beginning of this little prayer says, may those who 
you or may those who love you be secure. So he's praying yeah. for people that love him. And that's something that I've never necessarily prayed for is like, uh, today I'm going to pray for all the people that love me. I always say, I'm going to pray for all the people that I love. And there's probably yeah. a lot of overlap, but there's also sure. maybe not <laughs> some overlap mm. too. And, and mm. I don't, I don't know. It's just kind of different, but he covers, he says at the bottom, like we just read for the sake of his family and friends. So he is still praying for all of the people, his loved yeah. ones as well. And then for the sake of the house of the Lord, our God, which was the temple, I will seek your prosperity. Now yeah. the house of the Lord, our God, the temple was supposed to be where God was, where the presence of God was. And that's why people went there. It was like, you could get closer to God. And uh, the more like holy or set apart you were, the closer you could get to the, the Holy of Holies or the inner um, parts of the sanctuary or of the temple. And so this, uh, this whole idea of getting close to God was, is important. And, and so the, the temple, the house of the Lord was really, really important. It was, it was like the most important place, uh, the most important structure for all of Israel. And, you know, sadly, the prayer for peace for Jerusalem, good prayer. Uh, it's a good thing to pray for, but um, it didn't happen. The temple was destroyed. The people of Israel were sent into exile. They came back. They built the temple again, but it wasn't as big as it had been. They continued to work, uh, but there wasn't peace in Jerusalem. Jerusalem wasn't a place of peace. Right. And even today, you know, the temple was destroyed again when Jesus came back um, to check out the temple, it actually says in scripture that he cried, he wept for Jerusalem and predicted that Jerusalem would be destroyed. And it was uh, about 40 years after Jesus was there, after he cried for it, the temple was destroyed and it was thoroughly destroyed. You know, everything wiped out of the temple. And mm -hmm. so, you know, even today, Jerusalem is not a place of peace. Jerusalem is divided. Uh, mm -hmm. There are, you know, multiple... Um, ethnic groups, but also uh, religions kind of in the middle of Jerusalem cl making claim to it. And it's almost a symbol of not of peace. You know, some would say it's a symbol of peace because you have multiple uh, groups of people who are coexisting, but there's always, you know, skirmishes and wars and rockets being being fired and military actions happening, and which is kind of a, a crazy reality of, Jerusalem today. Now, I have to say this before we uh, we close out here, and that is that when we look at this as Christians today, we have to think of Jerusalem, that term Jerusalem, not just as the place Jerusalem, because we know when Jesus uh, died, the temple, the, the curtain in the temple was torn in two, and the presence of God is now everywhere. And God now resides in your heart which is an amazing thing. The Holy Spirit is in your heart. So that means, well, where does God live? Well, God doesn't, isn't contained to a certain place. So I'd say for us, and this is kind of the call for all of us, is we need to seek the prosperity and pray for the peace of the towns in which we live and in, in which we worship. Right. Yeah. Amen. That's all the time Amen. we have. But if you listen to this and you want to check out Jamie's sermon on it, you can head on over to solanabeach.church. That's the website. It's a .church, not .com. solanabeach.church. And watch his thoughts and sermon on this passage. 
All right, we'll see you all next time.